If there is a God of the Bible, and there is, if there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, and there is, if there is a real purpose in this life that is far more than what one wears or what one eats, and if there is a joy and a contentment that passes all understanding, if there is forgiveness for sin, if there is power to break all of Satan's bondages, and there surely is, wouldn't it behoove one to obtain this beautiful thing? Wouldn't this extraordinary and exclusive benefit, which Jesus calls born again, that ends in eternal glorious life in Christ Jesus, be worthy of chucking all of sin's allure into this world's dung heap? Any rational mind would have to say, absolutely yes. John three fifteen and 16, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Have you been born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God? Will today be the day you see the light, the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world? It's time for all your sin and shame to be forgiven and forgotten. It's time for all of Satan's bondages to be broken. Choose life and live. Click on the Further with Jesus right now for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God now for today's subject. God said Genesis 6, 1 through 4, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. God said, Genesis 6, verse 12, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God said, Matthew twenty four thirty seven. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. God said, Daniel 12, verse 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Man said, the great halls of education and science, that's where I'll find my God. If I don't know the answer, I'll just ask my phone. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said feature article 892 that will once again certify the inerrancy of God's holy word. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the building up of the faith and as information with which to engage and convince the gainsayer that Jesus Christ is the only name under heaven by which men can be saved. Every Thursday eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you. This is the fourth feature in the Find Another Way series, which fits into the larger God Said, Man Said, 21 Signs of Doomsday series. Points we covered in the first three features include man's frantic attempts to find another way, as long as that way is not God's way. 
the reprobate minds of today's carnal academia world and its adherents, which are bound by a spirit of strong delusion, Satan hiding in plain view, the increase of knowledge, man's desire to attain to a godless immortality now in overdrive, the quest to augment their theory of evolution and create the superhuman, human cloning, transhumanism, transgenic animals created to produce pharmaceutical compounds, the engineering of cyborg soldiers, nanotechnology, eugenics, germline genetic engineering, the man without a wedding garment, man hell-bent quest to find another way, a quest he has been on since the fall in the Garden of Eden. Christ's return, and at his return it will be as it was in the days of Noah, mountains falling down flat and islands disappearing, men not enduring sound doctrine, To whom is Satan referring when he infirms Eve, the first woman, that she shall be as gods? The fallen sons of Adam taking daughters of men to wife, their offspring being giants and men of renown. War in heaven at Christ's ascension, resulting in Satan and his angels being cast down to the earth. Ancient history and relatively current history, both recording giants, men and women of great stature upon the earth a strange mingling of humans and non-humans which took place in the past, devils possessing a considerable portion of this world's population. Jesus spent much of his ministry casting them out, and Jude 1.6, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Carnal men are frantically seeking another way, any way, as long as it's not God's way. Try as they might, they will not succeed. The spirit of evolution, the god of academia, and it surely is their god, faith and all, is the spirit of unbelief, irreverence, and blasphemy. Those who embrace this doctrine are of the same spirit. Several years ago, one of evolution's poster children, Richard Dawkins, Dawkins, excuse me, invited young people to join him in blaspheming the Holy Ghost, something that witchcraft also encourages, and a sin that God's word warns is unpardonable. Evolution is the irreverent spirit of blasphemy. Evolutionists have eaten of the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they are bound by what Second Thessalonians 2, 11, and 12 calls a spirit of strong delusion, and they will readily believe a lie. This deadly and damnable condition is obvious to all those who have not eaten of the tree. It is said that knowledge is power, and it is, and that all knowledge is all power, and it is. If I had all knowledge, I'd never be sick, I'd never be unhappy, I'd never grow old, and I'd live forever. All knowledge, of course, is the God of the Holy Bible. Carnal men want all knowledge, but of the godless sort. Their leader, Satan, wants to be like God, Isaiah fourteen thirteen and 14. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Satan lures Eve through the gates of death with this deal-closing lie. Genesis 3, 4, and 5, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods 
knowing good and evil. Adam and Eve followed Satan in his rebellion and his incessant quest to be like God, but without God, and it continues at a furious pace. During the very last days, measured in months and not years, we see the Antichrist in his mad quest to be like God in Second Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. This world is possessed with the deceivableness of unrighteousness and the irreverent spirit of blasphemy. The following excerpts are from the God Said, Man Said feature 21 signs of doomsday, update 41, Chimera. Expect to hear the word chimera in science and the news more each day. Wikipedia says a genetic chimerism is a single organism composed of cells from different zygotes. Chimera is spoken in today's scientific parlance, but its root is found in ancient history and mythology. The Oxford Dictionary defines chimera as one, in Greek mythology, a fire-breathing female monster with a lion's head, a goat's body, and a serpent's tail, and two, a fantastic or grotesque product of the imagination, a bogey, end of quote. A bogey is an evil or mischievous spirit. In mythology, you'll find chimeras of part human, part beast, or part human, part fish, or even part human, part reptile. In ancient mythology, the chimera was often a result of the misdeeds of the gods. Fast forward to January 26, 2017, and you'll find this headline published by NationalGeographic.com. Human-pig hybrid created in the lab. Here are the facts. The subhead reads, Scientists hoped uh, the chimera embryos represent key steps toward life-saving lab-grown organs. A few excerpts follow. In a remarkable, if likely controversial feat, scientists announced today that they have created the first successful human-animal hybrids. The project proves that human cells can be introduced into a non-human organism, survive, and even grow inside a host animal in this case, pigs. In the past, human-animal chimeras have been beyond reach. Such experiments are currently ineligible for public funding in the United States, so so far the stock SALK team has relied on private donors for the chimera project. Public opinion, too, has hampered the creation of organisms that are part human, part animal. There are two ways to make a chimera. The first is to introduce the organs of one animal into another, a risky proposition, because the host's immune system may cause the organ to be rejected. The other method is to begin at the embryonic level, introducing one animal's cells into the embryo of another and letting them grow together into a hybrid. When those just-right human cells were injected into pig embryos, the embryos survived. Then they were put into adult pigs, which carried the embryos for between three and four weeks before they were removed and analyzed. In all, the team created 186 later-stage chimeric embryos that survived, says Wu, and we estimate each had about 1 in 100,000 human cells. End of quotes. 
There is an ethical concern that these human pig chimeras could have a human brain and that that would be big trouble. The headline of the January 26, 2017 feature on TheGuardian.com reads, First Human Pig Chimera Created in Milestone Study. A few paragraphs follow. The study has uh, reignited ethical concerns that have threatened to overshadow the field's clinical promise. The work inevitably raises the specter of intelligent animals with humanized brains and also the potential for bizarre hybrid creatures to be accidentally released into the wild. The U.S. National Institutes of Health placed a moratorium on funding for the controversial experiments last year while these risks were considered. Professor Donald Gary, a cardiologist and head of a, a different Chimera project at the University of Minnesota, said, This is a significant advance that raises opportunities and ethical questions as well. Gary said that the rapid progress in Chimera research had prompted a range of troubling questions, including whether the progeny would look more human or more pig, what would happen if a chimera had a human thought, and whether it was possible for the human cells to cannibalize the pig embryo, resulting in a mostly human, slightly pig offspring. The team is hoping to boost the human contribution by switching off the specific genes in the pig embryos that would prevent the pig cells from contributing to target organs such as the heart, potentially giving the human cells a competitive advantage. Similarly, the human cells could be engineered to prevent them contributing to the chimera brain. This safeguard was not in place in the current study, since the embryos were only allowed to reach an early stage of development and the human contribution was minimal. We didn't see any human cells in the brain region, but we cannot exclude the possibility that they may have gone to the brain said Ipsu Belmonte, end of quotes. Is it possible that the chimeras of ancient mythology could have some root in reality? Is it possible that mythological accounts of ancient superior beings functioning on the earth, these beings having the biblical definer of gods with a liturgy, who were the fallen sons of God in Genesis 6, could have produced the chimeras of the past? Something very unusual and noted as an issue of concern prior to the destruction of the earth by God's global flood of judgment is found in Genesis 6, 1 through 4. Again, it reads, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. These fallen sons of God appear to be a type of angelic being, and Jude 1, 6, and 7 appears to be addressing them. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, 
are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Fantastical creatures such as giants and men of renown followed in the wake of these fallen sons of God and are spoken of in Genesis chapter 6. Noah Webster's 1828 American Dictionary of the English Language defines renown, fame, celebrity, exalted reputation derived from the extensive praise of great achievements or accomplishments, giants of old, men of renown, Genesis 6. The fallen sons of God would have had wisdom far superior to anything today's science has begun to understand. We at God said man said would not be surprised to find the chimeras of ancient mythology were within the purview of these sons of God and the men of renown. The chimera is back, and those reading the signs of the times expect Noitic-style judgment soon to follow. There is no new thing under the sun. Doomsday is on the way. Daniel 12.4 says, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. One of the last day's signs, knowledge shall be increased, is playing out before our eyes. It is advancing at a phenomenal pace. Jesus said in Matthew twenty four thirty seven, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. And the days of Noah, where we find the sons of God, giants and men of renown, knowledge had increased. How does this sound for a chimera-like creature? Revelation 9, 1 through 3, and then 7 through 10. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and there rose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power." And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle, and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions, and they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron, and the sound of their ring wings excuse me, was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. Doomsday? It's a great time to seek God. The fallen sons of God, whose intelligence would have far exceeded today's wisest, sired children were, who were of old men of renown. These men of renown would have been demagogues, half man, half God. In ancient mythology, we read of just such creatures in tales of Hercules, Achilles, and Gilgamesh. The idea of chimera could also have some additional biblical references. Revelation quoted earlier describes bizarre, non-earth-like creatures being released from the bottomless pit. Also consider the cockatrice. Noah Webster defines the basilisk, a fabulous serpent called a cockatrice, and said to be produced from a cock's egg brooded by a serpent. The ancients alleged that its hissing would drive away all other serpents and that its breath and even its look were fatal. Some writers suppose that a real serpent exists under this name, and quote. 
Isaiah 14, 29 speaks about the cockatrice and says, Rejoice not thou, whole Palestinia, because the rod of him that smote thee is broken. For out of the serpent's root shall come forth a cockatrice, and his fruit shall be a fiery flying serpent. Stranger yet is Isaiah 13, verse 21. But wild beasts of the desert shall lie there, and their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and owls shall dwell there, and satires shall dance there. Webster defines, uh, defines satire, a monkey or fawn, in mythology, a silvery, a silvery deity or demagogue represented as a monster, half man and half goat, having horns on his head, a hairy body with the feet and tail of a goat, end of quote. There are over 200 references in the Bible to gods. Not God, big G-O-D, gods, little G-O-D. Several paragraphs from part three of this series follow. The first time that the word gods with the lowercase g is used in the Bible, it is Satan speaking, Genesis 3, 5. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Who are these gods that are not human? The first of the Ten Commandments is Exodus 20, verse 3. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Speaking of the devil, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 reads, And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For example, 1 Kings 11.5 refers to Ashtaroth, the goddess. In Job 1.6 and 7, we see Satan appearing before God to give an account of himself, and he appeared with the sons of God. In Genesis 6.1 and 2, we read, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives, all which they chose." It appears that these sons of God are fallen angels, angels and are possibly referenced in Jude 1.6, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Some wonder whether these fallen ones will return. But the fact of the matter is they are here. Revelation chapter 12 speaks of Satan's ousting from heaven with his angels after Christ's ascension. Look at verses 4 and then 7 through 12. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and then cast them down to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for devour her child as soon as it was born. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and they prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ, for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath 
because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. The prophet Daniel pens the word of God in chapter 2, verse 43, and makes this telling statement. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Daniel refers to the world's last kingdom, led by the rulers of darkness, whose journey ends at the battle of Armageddon. The scriptures write concerning this group, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Have you ever questioned Romans 9:22? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? The fallen ones are here in great numbers, possessing the bodies of men and women in vast numbers, even entire nations and soon the entire world. How true is Ephesians six twelve? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. End of quote. Finally, excerpts from Thomas Horne's book, Zenith, 2016. While reading these excerpts, keep in mind that this book was published in 2013. Though the transformation of man to his post-human condition is in its fledgling state, complete integration of the technology necessary to replace existing Homo sapiens as the dominant life form on Earth is approaching Kurzweil's exponential curve. A Reuters article dated November 9, 2009, titled Scientists Want Debate on Animals with Human Genes, hinted at just how far scientists have gone and how far they intend to go. The news piece started out, A mouse that can speak? A donkey with Down syndrome? Dogs with human hands or feet? British scientists want to know if such experiments are acceptable, and it continued with revelations that scientists inside Britain are comfortable now with up to 50-50 animal-human integration. The article implied that not all the research currently under design is kept at the, embryonic, at the embryonic level, and the fully mature monstrosities, like the creature in the 2010 movie Splice, may be under study, as some scientists in some places won't push want to push the boundaries. National Geographic magazine speculated in 2007 that within 10 years, the first of such human animals would walk the earth. And Werner Vinge agreed recently that we are entering that period in history when questions like, what is the meaning of life, will be nothing more than an engineering question. Despite these unknowns, such genetic tinkering as depicted in the movie Splice, is already taking place in thousands of research laboratories around the world, including the United States, Britain, and Australia, where animal eggs are being used to create hybrid human embryos from which stem cell lines can be produced for medical research. Not counting synthetic biology, where entirely new forms of life are being brewed, there is no limit to the number of human-animal concoctions currently under development within openly contracted as well as top-secret science facilities. A team at Newcastle and Dorm Universities in the United Kingdom recently illustrated this when they announced plans to create hybrid rabbit and human embryos 
as well as other chimera embryos mixing human and cow genes. The same researchers, more alarmingly, have already managed to reanimate tissue from dead human cells in another breakthrough, which was heralded as a way of overcoming ethical dilemma over using living embryos for medical research. While the former chairman of the President's Council on Bioethics, Leon Koss, does not elaborate on issues of spiritual warfare, he provided a status report on how real and how eminent the dangers of Grin technologies uh, could be in the hands of transhumanists. In the introduction to his book, Life, Liberty, and the Defense of Dignity, The Challenges of Bioethics, Cass warned, Human nature itself lies on the operating table, ready for alteration, for eugenic and psychic enhancement, for wholesale redesign. In leading laboratories, academic and industrial, new creators are confidently amassing their powers and quietly honing their skills, while on the street their evangelists, transhumanists, are zealously prophesying a post-human figure. For anyone who cares about preserving our humanity, the time has come for paying attention. How would the memories, behavior patterns, and instincts, for instance, of a wolf affect the mind of a human? That such unprecedented questions will have to be dealt with sooner than later has already been illustrated in animal-to-animal experiments, including those conducted by Evan Balaban at McGill University in Montreal, where sections of brain from embryonic quails were transplanted into the brains of chickens, and resultant chickens exhibited head bobs and vocal trills unique to quail. The implication from this field of study alone proves that complex behavior patterns can be transferred from one species to another, strongly suggesting that transhumans will likely bear unintended behavior and appetite disorders that could literally produce lycanthropies, werewolves, and other nightmarish Nephilim traits. Professor Gregory Stock, in his well-researched and convincing book, Redesigning Humans, Our Inevitable Genetic Future, argues that stopping what we have already started, planned genetic enhancement of humans, is impossible. We simply cannot find the brakes. Werner Vinge agrees, adding, Even if all the governments of the world were to understand the threat and be in deadly fear of it, progress toward the goal would continue. In fact, the competitive advantage, economic, military, even artistic, of every advance in automation is so compelling that passing laws or having customs that forbid such things merely assures that someone else will get there first. End of quote. Jesus said that at his return it would be as it was in the days of Noah. Consider Genesis 6.12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. It's here, just another glaring sign of doomsday. God said Genesis 6.1-4, And it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, 
which were of old men of renown. God said, Genesis chapter 6, verse 12, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. God said, Matthew 24, verse 37, But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. God said, Daniel 12, verse 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. Man said, The great halls of education and science, that's where I'll find my God. If I don't know the answer, I'd just ask my phone. Now you have the record.